Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a seven-year-old daughter named Naomi, and I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource for dads. You know, when I found out I was going to be a dad seven years ago, I, I said I want to be a great one, just like you probably. That's why you're listening. And I went around and looked, and there just weren't a, a bunch of resources for us as fathers. Most of the stuff that exists in that parenting world is for mom. And um, and so I said, well, I'll just start something. So the idea of Positively Dad came to mind then. It took some time, like a lot of ideas do. And finally, in March of this year, I kicked it off, and, and here we are going strong. And I thank you for listening and joining us. We do about two episodes every week. On Monday, I release an episode where I talk to an expert about something that we should just think about as dads to help us get better or, or grow as, as parents or partners or people and, and help us get better. And then on Thursdays, I do a dad talk episode. This is where I find a dad out there and we just talk about being a dad. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'm so excited. And uh, Brian Partee is our guest. He's a dad of four, four girls, ages two, four, seven, and nine. And, um, and he and his wife, uh, I tell you, they've got a lot of things figured out because they've been very purposeful about how they live their life. And, um, and, and, and one thing you might do, if you haven't already, is, is you might pause this one and go back and listen to the episode that came out just about a week ago called Living a Big Life with J. Papsan. And in that one, I talked with a, a, the co-author of the book, The One Thing, about how that book can help us as parents. And Brian and I are going to continue that conversation a little bit. He's read the book. I've read the book. And he's really kind of following some of the stuff from the book as he and Candace, his wife, have, have laid out kind of what they would like their life to look like, what's important in their family, what's important in their relationships and to them, and how they're going to parent their kids. So I think we can learn a lot from Brian today, and, and I'm really pumped to have him on the show. Brian, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm happy you are. I love talking to dads, and um, I mean, you're a dad. Well, you got like 600 kids, right? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about your family. Yeah, I'd love to. I, uh, I, I've got close to 600. I've, I've got four incredible daughters. I've got a, uh, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So your house is busy. Our house is busy, and I will add that our, our puppy is also a female. Oh, my goodness gracious. So you've got four, four uh, girls and a dog. Um, so, yeah, you and your wife are definitely, definitely busy people. Um, and so, well, tell us a little bit about, you know, what's important to you as a dad? If you were going to go out and talk to dads and just, you know, based on your experience with four kids and all this, what would, what's the, the thing that's most important to you? Yeah, I, I think the most important piece, the thing that, that I spend a lot of time thinking about and the, the thing that my wife Candace and I um, find ourselves in conversation quite often on is just this, this balance, this this all around balance that we're leading by example and we're, we're helping to build a, a strong foundation for them that keeps us active and, and present in their lives while they're kids, but, but also builds a, a foundation for who they'll be when they're adults. And, and so that we can have that kind of a relationship with, with them in the later years. Um, the, the idea around, you know, leading by example in terms of, how we treat each other, how we treat um, people in our lives, um, how we interact with business and, and, the, and the job and the career, 
um, our health and our wellness and and our spirituality, the the whole wheel that we talk about and, and making sure that we've got, you know, balance throughout each of those, realizing that it's not always perfectly balanced, but we're not losing track of, of one too much, too much compared to the others. Sure. Well, I mean, Brian, you're busy, though. I mean, you've got a career. Your wife is doing stuff. You've got, you know, your family. You're, I mean, how, how do you make all that work? You guys are, are very healthy or in great shape, so you're really focused on that. I mean, how do you balance all that and make it work? It's difficult. Um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Uh, I think we've, we've gotten to a really good point where in the past we used to be, we, we used to be so focused on having balanced days. And we've, we've evolved in a way where we were more conscious around having balanced weeks or balanced months, or quite honestly, we're, we're, we're working to be more in like a balanced season, if you will, realizing that there's higher pressure points and there's, there's more tension around certain aspects that are going on in our life right now with the kids being young and that that time will pass and, and working to just consciously stay within each of those different spokes on that wheel at least a little bit, knowing that it may not always be that small degree that's going to flex over time. Uh, the, the, we get both Candace and I, my wife, we, we get our energy from our nutrition and our health. And I've, I've noticed days and I've noticed weeks and I've noticed attitude and energy and the way that that shows up in the marriage and, and how it shows up with my kids. If I'm off, if I'm off base. And I've not taken the time to focus on that thing that's important for me and, and give me the core and the fuel that I need to then give that back to my kids and my, and my family. So, well, when you say you're focused on your, your health and, and your wellness, and that's an important piece to you, um, what does that look like for you? Because if we've got a dad that's going, gosh, I could probably get better there. You know, how are you two making that work in addition to being parents and married and working and all that stuff? Yeah, so it um it typically comes with early morning workouts. Um my, my wife's got a different workout routine than I do. Hers includes um a heavier base of of cardio and she does the she does the beach body videos and she she runs and often that'll be her getting up and and she's got some accountability partners and some running partners that that she does that early in the morning certain days of the week. And then myself, um same type of thing. I've got some I've got some major neck issues that kind of limit and prohibit too much impact. Um, I notice that when I'm out for runs or if I'm doing any sort of heavy lifting, I'll feel it in my neck and it's just, it's not good for my body. And I've been listening to my body a lot more lately and realizing that it's, it's ultimately hurting and it's, it's impacting the way I feel and then the way that I show up for, for Candace and for the girls. So I've, I've actually been flexing into the, the hot yoga space. And what I love about it is I've, I've noticed that it's not only doing amazing stuff for my body and the way that I feel in that respect, it's giving me that, that time that as a busy dad and a working professional, it's giving me that time for reflection and uh, meditation and, and just thinking through. And, and I wish it was more routine that it was every single morning I was doing that. Um, but it's, it's a counterbalance and I've got my certain days where mornings work out better than evenings. And then there's other days where evenings are better. And it, it, it works so well for me that I've got that time to think. And, and if it's in the morning, it's, it's prepping out that day and thinking through what's going on coming up. And, and in the evening hours, I love that it gives you that time to kind of reflect and, and think through what happened during the course of the day that, 
um, were pros and cons and how I'm going to pivot moving forward on the next day. Yeah. So your physical health is clearly important to you. It's important to Candace. You brought up your spiritual life earlier and it's, and it's bringing to me, and I know you're familiar with the book, The One Thing, and it's, and it's, you know, brings that to mind. And we just had Jay Papsan on uh, like a week ago talking about the one thing. And, and in that they have the seven circles of, you know, kind of seven areas of your life, which are your spiritual life and your physical health, and then your personal life. And then your key relationships come next. Like, right, it's, it's spiritual first, physical second, personal third, and then your relationships, which would be your, your wife and your kids, and then other relationships that are important. And it sounds like that's the way you are living, that, that, that you're focused on your spiritual life, your physical health, and your personal life, and then getting to the relationships. Is that right? Is that how you guys are kind of structuring your world? That's exactly right. And we didn't always. Um, we didn't always. The... Uh, that particular book and that that mindset has has been something that we've focused on quite a bit, and I think we've we've learned through parenthood and we've learned the hard way as we've as our kids have grown and as we've had more kids we've we've paid very close attention to that that saying you know put the oxygen mask on first because you can't help those around you until you yourself are in that secure space and that took a while for us to grasp i I wish I could say that we had that on day one with the first kiddo and, and we just didn't. Um, and it's not perfect now either, yet we're getting a lot closer to it. However, we, we've got a lot more energy and we've got a lot more enthusiasm and excitement and love to share with those kids when, when our cup is full. And that starts with, with each of us individually and making sure that we're, we're finding the time to recharge and we're finding the time to find the things that bring us passion and joy and then we're able to deliver that back to each other and to the kids that way. Yeah, clearly. And, and, and it goes right in line with what Jay said. And, and, and when Jay was on, he talked about how he and Gary Keller, who wrote the book with him, are, I mean, they spent the most amount of time they spent on any section of the book was that section. And that those are in order for a reason. And I think you're proving that because, you know, like you said, you probably didn't always live it that way. So what was it like when you didn't have them in order? It's a lot of burnout. I mean, I, I love that exercise where you take a look at those those folks and you identify which ones are at twos and threes versus tens and, and help you realize how to, to focus in on those and, and bring small little activities in that don't let you lose track of it on a daily and a weekly and a monthly basis. Um, I, I think the, the word that comes most to mind when those things aren't in check, though, is, is burnout. Just exhaustion, not excitement, getting up every single day and, and ready to conquer the day, um, like almost the baggage and the, the, the heaviness on the shoulders around the fact that you're dragging, you're not filled, and you're, you're just going through the motions to make it through the day. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about having four young ladies living in your house with you and uh, what that's like. I mean, it's kind of stereotypical, and yet I just can't imagine what it's like. I've got one, and we're good. I got one second grader. <laughs> And our, our house is full. In fact, we just had this conversation. Yeah. Naomi wants a dog. I said, we don't bring in any other things in this house to live here that breathe oxygen. If it doesn't breathe oxygen, <laughs> it can come in. If it requires oxygen, then it's not coming in. So that's it obviously not your allowed. story. And, and it's fun. I always say, look, whatever size family you have is the perfect size family for you. So talk with us a little bit about what it's like to have four young ladies living in your house. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I will start by telling you that it is very, um, 
it is very unlike my, my childhood and what I was used to. I'm the oldest of six kids and I've, uh, I'm one of five boys and one girl. And uh, my wife is one of three girls. So she does have a little bit more of a, a foundation there to, to build on from the, from the childhood of being surrounded by, by sisters. It's uh it's very different and it's uh, it's not something that I think I was, I was prepared for coming into it. I, uh, I've gotten to know the, the Disney princesses very well, um, mermaids and ponies and tea parties and, and uh, the typical little girl things have, have been. Unicorns? Kind of Are you in the unicorns? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. And at, and at the same time, what, what we're really conscious of and what we're really focused on is the fact that these, um, these little girls that that all live under the same roof and have the same parents and live within the same you know guidelines and standards and the ways that that we're raising them are so individual and unique and the the preferences for the the hobbies that they get involved in and the interest for the books that they're reading right now and the the things that they want to do with mom and dad independently without their sisters and how that can so differ amongst the four of them has, has been really interesting to me. Yeah. How do you connect with, you know, all four? Well, it, it, it takes a really conscious effort to set aside time to, to spend with, with them individually. Um, it, it, it's difficult because then that places, you know, three with one parent and one with the other. And yet specific holidays and specific um times of year like birthdays and, and special moments if they're receiving an award at school or or if they're being acknowledged for something making making an effort to spend that one-on-one time and not lose track of of them individually it's it's something we found ourselves talking a lot more about just in the past year now that we've got the now that we've got the fourth little baby at home okay so one thing we were talking about earlier is 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 just how fast this goes and keeping in mind you have a nine-year-old a seven-year-old a four-year-old and a two-year-old well, your nine-year-old is halfway out, right? I mean, she's, I know. she's you know, half, the half of her life that she we know she's going to be with you is over. And and we had a guest on recently who said that like 75% of the time that you'll spend with your children is, is before they're 18. And then mm-hmm. after that, that's only a 25% of the time that you will get with them in your entire lifetime will be from 18 and beyond. And, and and you were bringing that up. It's like you blink and they're gone. What what would you you know? What are your thoughts around that? And what would you tell dads? Yeah, so that that hit me really hard when I when I heard that when when Jay had mentioned that. Um, I I I've, I've become so aware of that. I, I feel like I when I'm out in the workspace and when I'm interacting with um, dads that are are in the workspace and and they're either up on stage or I'm I'm in meetings with my I find myself often gravitating to the, towards that conversation, asking them, you know, how, how did you do what you did and how, how did you make that work and what type of advice did you ha- do you have now having gone through it? And it seems so common that the feedback revolves around the fact that it goes so fast and you, you blink and then it's over and, and, the, and the hard hardships and the, and the tension that you feel on a daily basis around the balance of all of this, you almost, you snap your finger and it's gone. And the, the common follow-up to that very, very often, nine out of 10 times is I, I wish I could go back. And 
I wish I could be more present in that moment. And I, and I wish I didn't carry such an emphasis on, you know, the work, for example, over the, the, the kid's life, what was going on, whether it was at school or at, at home. And, and the, the focus on that for right now is so huge because it, it's tough to, it's tough to realize that in the moment. And it's tough to understand the fact that 75% of that is going to happen in those first 18 years. And, and more importantly, the, the interactions and the conversations and the time that you spend building that foundation for a lifelong relationship with them, that's going to be pretty cemented in there by the time they're at that 18-year mark. And, and that's going to be the, the foundation for the relationship with you with them as an adult. It, it worries me, and I lose sleep at night thinking through that. Are we, are we as a couple, are we as individual parents with our kids doing the right activities and the right amount of time, focusing in on those foundational things that are going to either set them up for success or set them up for that independence that we want them to have as they need us less and less in those older years. Right. I had a coach tell me one time that when, and he was talking specifically about Naomi and that, you know, there's going to be a day that I drive her to college, probably Mm -hmm. not central Michigan. Um, uh, probably, you know, maybe a better Mac school like Ball State or something. So I drive her, <laughs> I just had to say, you went to central Michigan. So I, I drive her up oh, there. Yeah. You know, let's say I drive her all the way up to Muncie, Indiana, and I drop her off in her dorm, and she's going to go upstairs or whatever, and she's going to meet her roommate. And, you know, within that first little time of, of meeting each other and talking, one of the questions that they're going to ask each other is to to talk about your family. Tell me about your family. And Naomi's going to tell a story. Right. She's going to talk about her family. And this coach said, you know, the story that she's going to tell when she's 18 about who her family is, is the story that you are writing right now. Like as as her dad and Terry as her mom, you're writing the story that she's going to tell. So what story would you like for her to tell? And I, that's what I'm, I kind of hear you say the same thing, because if you're intentional and you're 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 really focused on the relationship with each of them individually and as a group. So that when they leave, you know, when they leave your house at 18 or whenever they leave and, and go on with their life, like you would desire for that time to be one that they enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're hitting it pretty hard for, for me and for us. Uh, we, we're very conscious of the fact that we've got four very incredible young ladies in our house and they, they, they carry different interests and they carry different passions and we're working so hard to be a, a collective unit in a strong family while not under while not minimizing I should say while not losing track of their individuality and what sets them apart and you know you, you talk about that college scenario and dropping the daughters off and and what they would share with their soon-to-be friends throughout those college years and I I hope that it's, and I, I intend for it to be very much a, a conversation around the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm one of four sisters, and yet we've got our individuality, and our parents celebrated who we were. They didn't, they didn't pre-program us or force us to go down certain paths and certain tracks, but they, they raised us up, and they got excited about what we individually were excited about, and they, they, they celebrated that versus working to, to have us all be more unified in, in a common theme. What advice would you give to a dad who's got, you know, more than one child? For me, it's easy. It's all one-on-one or Terry's there. What would advice would you give about 
really engaging one-on-one with each of your children? I think the biggest advice would be to either read or reread the five love languages. You know, we, we so often read the love languages for our significant other. Um, there's a there's a variation out there for, for the business world and for the for the working professionals to get to know those that you interact with. And my advice would be to spend time understanding those five love languages and working to really identify your kid or your kids love languages and, and how they speak. Our, our, our four daughters, they, they've got different love languages um, than each other. They've got different love languages than, than I have and that Candace has. And um, love is so important to us. And, and we, we feel as though that's the foundation for, for healthy relationships and the way that you interact with others and the way that you appreciate diverse perspectives and, and being able to speak their love language and, and and have them know that you're listening to them and you're, you're leaning into what's important to them versus what's important to you. My, my biggest advice would be to understand how those five things come into play and, and to lean into the one that's most important to those kids of yours. So as we wrap up, what would be if you had a dad sitting in your office and, they, and, and this dad said, Brian, tell me the secret about fatherhood, what would your message be to him? The message would be that it's not going to be perfect. It's going to ebb and it's going to flow. And you show up every day. You, you show up and you're, you look those kids in the eye and you, you get excited about what they're excited about and you have conversation with them. And you don't allow them to see the, the tension and the stress and the pressure that you're feeling on a daily basis to make sure that you're, you're raising them properly and you're giving them the foundation that they need for a strong future. That's all they care about. They want the connection. They want to know that you're you're interested in them and what they're interested in and that you're there for them to support them and the decisions that they make. And, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. And certain days are going to carry more smiles and certain days are going to carry more tears. And, and, and it's okay because you've got a new day tomorrow to, to work with as well. Well, fantastic stuff. I've learned a lot from you today, and I think the dads who listen will learn a lot. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah, James, thanks for having me. I I really appreciate it as well. Absolutely fantastic conversation with Brian, and he taught so much in a short amount of time. So let's recap real quickly. The the first is go go to page 114 and the one thing, and it's the seven circles that we talked about with Jay Papsan. And again, if you didn't listen to that episode, I'd go back and listen to that. There's so much in there. And and Brian's following that. I don't think that he and Candace maybe always did. And he says that when they get out of that, it gets a little funky. They are, you know, they're taking care of their spiritual health. They're taking care of their physical health. And he talked a lot about that. Uh, he's taking care of him. And then the key relationships. That was huge. Another thing that stood out to me, and, and this is great for those of you that have more than one child, and I hear this a lot from parents who I talk to who have more than one child, is the value in spending time one-on-one with each because they are different people. And remembering that, that as I mentioned, we're writing the story of, of what our kids are going to say when they leave our house and they develop a relationships with others. What are they going to say about us and what story are we writing for them? Are we being purposeful about the things, um, you know, the time that we spend with them, what we do with them, what we tell them, how we invest in them, how engaged we are with them. That's really important. And, and that's a chance for me to grow too. 
there are times, honestly, that you know Naomi wants to play, and it's just like I'm not feeling it. And she's not going to be seven forever. And this age is a lot of fun. And so to be able to soak that in and have a good time with her is really important. And I think Brian took that back home for us as well on how important that is with his girls. They're nine, seven, four, and two. So to be engaged with them one-on-one and having fun with them is clearly very, very important. Well, I trust that you had gotten some value out of this Dad Talk conversation with Brian. I really did. I enjoyed doing these. This is the one we do every Thursday, the Dad Talk episode. If you liked it, would you do me a favor and share it with another dad that you think might might get something out of it? Maybe post it on your own social media page. Uh, While you're on your social media pages, you can follow us. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. And um, if you would rate uh, uh, this this podcast on whatever platform you're listening, five stars would be awesome. Uh, maybe even write a review. We'd be very, very thankful for that. We are starting this journey. We're getting real close to 3,000 downloads. And, um, and I'm just so thankful. I, I had no idea what to expect. And to know that there are actually people out there listening to this just gives me great joy. And I would love to spread the message. So I thank you for helping do that. If you would ever like to be on a Dad Talk episode, just reach out to me and let me know. Just email me at james at positivelydad.com, and I'd love to have you on. It would just I love talking to every dad I can. And then if there's a topic you'd like us to address or, or a guest that you think would be great to be on, just connect me with them, and we'll get them on the show. It would be awesome. So, uh, again, I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.